tonight we are continuing in You Can Overcome the World. And so let's turn real quick to uh, 1 John chapter 5. And I would highly recommend, uh, hey Facebook and Facebook Live, if you're on watching Facebook Live, there should be a link there and you can go to boomerangchurch.org slash video and you can see the, the video a little bit better and the sound a little bit better. You can continue watching there. Either one there or here, if you go to boomerangchurch.org slash notes or if you're watching the video on the Boomerang site, they are generally out to the right. Uh, you can get these notes, and there's a number of scriptures that you want to have tonight, so that's boomerangchurch.org slash notes. And uh, again, we're continuing tonight in uh, You Can Overcome the World. Not everybody else but me, right? Which is the way it feels sometimes, right? It's like, man, everybody else can overcome, but not me. I'm always, I'm never overcoming. Sometimes it feels like that, right? But I'm telling you, do you believe me? You can overcome the world. You can. You know, it, it's not just somebody else. It's not a storybook fairy tale for somebody else. You can overcome the world. And this is how we do it. Uh, let's jump in. We've been talking about different things tonight. We're talking about words. But our key scripture is here. 1 John 5 verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is... Born of God, is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. In other words, if you're born of God and you love the Father, you should love Jesus. Then go down to verse 4 and it says, For whatever is born of God. Did we not just show that if we know Jesus, if Jesus is our Lord, then we are born of God, right? And it says, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So you can overcome the world. You can do that. You can overcome, when I say the world, the troubles, the trials, the tribulation, the problems, the pressure, the sickness, the disease, the lack, the bondage, the fear. You can overcome all of that. Because it, all you have to do is, if you don't know Jesus, accept Him as Christ, now you're born of God and you instantly have the ability and the potential to overcome the world. Amen? That's good news. <laughs> Praise God. In other words, what He just said is, all of your problems can go away through Jesus. That's a great thing to know. That is good news. There are things that we should do in order to make that happen. And the next line talks about that. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I like the way the King James says it. It says, even our faith, even our faith. This is the victory. Our faith is the victory. Our faith is the victory of overcoming. Our faith is that victory. Amen? Our faith is the victory. So what, is, what do we need to have to be an overcomer? We need faith. Faith in what? 
Jesus and God? What, what specifically do we need to be putting our faith in? We need to be putting it in Him, but we need to be putting it in His character, His nature, His promises. So we've got to know His promises. We've got to get to know Him, to know His character, to know His nature. Do you think that just what we've talked about in the first five minutes, that there's a lot of people that may have heard that, but they don't actually live as an overcomer? Sure. Don't you think that what I just said in the first five minutes of this, a lot of people would be happy to hear if, and say, man, is that true? I can overcome my problems? Don't you think that would be good news? It is good news. Y'all hear it a good bit, but not everybody hears that all the time. That is some great news that you can share with your friends, with your family, with your co-workers. But see, one, they've got to, one, know that, but two, they've got to step into it. And the way that they step into it is our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's look at Romans 12, 3. Well, you know, that's great, Pastor Brian, but... Sometimes I just don't feel like I got very much faith. Well, I understand that. I have been there, and sometimes I still feel like that. And I've got to get over my feelings and start moving by the Word. If you look at the last part of Romans 12, 3, it says this, No matter who you are, are you considered a part of humanity? Yeah, if you're hearing this, do you consider yourself human? Well, that's good. That's a good answer. Yes, it's good. If you are a man, a woman, if you're a part of humanity, it says, but to each one, talking about mankind, God has allotted to each the measure of faith. He's allotted to each the measure of faith, a measure of faith. So every single one of us has within us the victory that is our faith that overcomes the world. So all we need to do is start applying these things and learning how does this stuff work? How does it apply? So let's look now at Joshua chapter 1. Such a key verse. It's preached a lot and it should be preached a lot because it's really strong. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, I, I talked about this some, I believe, on Sunday. And one of the things that I said right there was, be, we're talking about being bold and being courageous. He didn't tell them, be strong and very courageous because nothing's coming your way. You won't have to worry about a thing. It'll be smooth sailing. Everything's going to be easy. Everything's going to be fine. That's not why he's telling them, be strong and very courageous. He's telling them be strong and very courageous because you're going to come up against some stuff. Because this world is built on a foundation of corruption after the fall of man. And that corruption, that, that corruption and that spiritual foundation that is corrupt is going to present to you challenges, obstacles, stuff that you need to overcome. It's going to present to you those. And he's telling you, when you face these big monsters in the world, be strong and be courageous. But see, a lot of times we'll take a word like that and we'll be like, 
I don't want to face the monsters in the world. I, I don't want to jump any. I don't want to break through any walls. I don't want to go through that stuff. And, and, but what we don't hear is what the Lord's saying there. Do you think the Lord would just purposely send you up against things that are going to defeat you? No. He says be strong and courageous because he knows the end from the beginning. And he says, I don't care what's in front of you, what you see, how big it looks, how bad it looks, how thick the wall looks, or how high it appears. Be strong and courageous. In other words, you're going to face some stuff, but take strength and put on some courage. Because in the middle of facing that giant, of facing that obstacle, you're going to find yourself, if you'll do what I say, strengthened by me and you will find success wherever you go. You will slay that giant. You will knock through that wall. You will jump it if necessary. But you're going through in Jesus' name because this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. You are an overcomer and you can overcome. So a lot of times we look at the negative because the corrupted world, the foundations of this corrupted world, have taught us to even view a statement like this as negative. Why do I got to be strong and courageous? I don't want to have to be strong and courageous. That's not what he's saying. He's saying take courage. Be strengthened in the middle of it because I'm about to help you. I'm going to help you. So he says, only be strong and very courageous be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn. In other words, do the word. And don't turn from the word from it, from, to the left or to the right so that you may have success wherever you go. Not some places you'll have success. Not sometimes. Wherever you go. If you will pay attention to the Word and not turn from it, if you will do the things that the Word says and not turn from it, you'll have success every time. Every time. Every time. Verse 8. This book of the law, or the Word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So now we are putting the Word to action. We are making sure that we follow the path of the Word of God. And now we are meditating on the Word of God. We're spending time. We're dwelling on it. We're thinking on it. We're letting the Holy Spirit reveal things to us in it. We're, we're thinking on it constantly, going over it. So that we may be careful or we may be very wise. This is wisdom to do according to all that is written in it. In other words, as I meditate in it, I see it for more of what it is. I see the details. And, and whereas used to, I might stray off path, you know, 10 or 20%. The more I meditate on it, I only stray off 5% and then 2% and then 1%. Then I get to the place where I don't hardly stray off of that word at all because I meditate on it. I let, let it strengthen me. The word is a light unto my path. It shows me the way. Now I'm not getting off of the path. For then you will make your way prosperous. God will make your way prosperous? 
That's not what it says. You will. See, I didn't say God will cause you to overcome. I said you can overcome. And there, it's important to understand that you can do it through the power of God. God's empowered you to be the overcomer. He's not the overcomer for you. He's empowered you to be the overcomer by His strength. There's a difference in that because a lot of people just say, Lord, place me on the other side. And God says, go to the other side. There's a difference between those two. He could just place you there or place you in the overcoming or you could do what he says, put on the word, and you become the overcomer. Amen? Amen. See, these little things, they... We, we just make some assumptions sometimes and then the devil eats our lunch and we're like, oh, God, it's just not fair. And then we're like, it's like, it was right here the whole time, dude. What you want it for? You just, this way saying, meditate on the word and you will see where it's supposed to take you so that you'll be wise as to what the path really is. This is why we spend time in it. You will make your way prosperous. Then you will have success. That's awesome. See, faith is the key to overcoming. Every person has been given faith. And now he's, he's telling us, okay, meditate and act on the word only. It's meditating and acting on the word that really uh, brings us to another level and brings us success. Well, why is it that the word does that? Let me show you something else about the word. How is this tied into faith? Let's turn to Psalms 138. Psalms 138 verse 2. I want you to see something about the Word. Psalms 138, verse 2, and, and the last part of that says this, For you have magnified your Word according to all your name. According to your name, or let me put it this way, on the level of your name. Well, what level is His name on? It's above everything. It's above every other name, right? His name is lifted higher. In, in Matthew chapter 6, when they say, teach us to pray, he starts out by saying, oh Lord, your name is holy. You know, just your name is holy. That's why when we say his name, see, his name ought to be something holy to us. It ought to be something holy to us. You know, and today, we just use it wherever, you know. Uh, OMG is a big statement today and I'm telling you the Holy Spirit's convicted us over, through the years we shouldn't be saying that oh my gosh you know oh my goodness oh my God those things they're all tied to the same thing you got to watch what you're doing in that because every time let me just uh, Chris and I were talking the other day and I want you to see this so a lot of times we were talking about how our conscience affects our faith because the word is very clear that our conscience affects our faith. So if I'm constantly saying, all right, oh my God, I'm just throwing it out there and I'm just using it like that as a term to show exclamation, you know, and I'm just throwing out God's name like that or I see something and I go, Jesus, right? I'm commonly using his name. 
randomly. What, what value in my thinking, what value am I assigning to his name? Common, right? And then I stand up here and pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, be healed. What power does my prayer carry in my mind that I have trained? Common. Just common. And our conscience, our conscience affects our faith and will completely derail it or empower it and stuff like that's in our conscience all the, all the time. And so I can just say, OMG, but in my head I'm going, oh my God. I say OMG, but what I really mean is, oh my God, oh my God, like that. Which, is that not become, man, just everywhere in our society, right? I'm saying OMG, but in my head what I'm doing every time I say that is I'm making his name common. And when I go to pray in his name or when I look at him, I just see another common person, which he is not. And then I wonder why my prayers aren't working. It is. Amen. All right. So we're, we've been convicted by that to not do that. And still, we have to catch ourselves at time. It's, it's important to understand what we do and how our conscience plays into that. But here's the thing. His name, he taught us. See, if we had been given attention to the word and meditating on it, and Jesus said, this is how you pray, and we actually were not just uh, repeating something for repetition's sake, but letting it get into our heart, would we have not by the first line of the Lord's Prayer started to put His name at a higher place in priority in our heart. Lord, Your name is holy. Holy? That's not common at all. We're talking about a whole nother set of priorities way above common. Your name is holy. See, if I would just get in the, in the practice and the habit of, of speaking the Lord's Prayer and meaning it, letting it get inside of me, all of a sudden I would start to put His name where it actually is and the truth of that itself would probably start to change my prayers because I'd be resetting this mind, having a mind renewed to the Word and not conformed to the world. Right? But see, a lot of times the world has conformed our thinking because we'll just go along with what every, well, everybody says, OMG. It's true, they may. And it's designed. It's designed by a corrupted father of this world, the devil, the word says. It's designed to take your priority off of the name of God so that when you pray, you're powerless. And that's not the only one. That's just one that's easy to teach on in this instance tonight. So here's the thing. We've got to watch those things. Well, how are you going to watch those things if you don't know what the Word says about them? How are you going to do that? Not going to happen. But I want you to look at this. So now we're just looking at the. It says that He has the name above every name. Jesus has been given the name above every name. It's the highest of the high. And then he says right here, you're, you have magnified your word according to all your name. In other words, the word of God 
has been placed higher than anything else. Your word has been magnified. In the King James, it actually says this. His word is above all. In the King James, it says, you got that? You have magnified thy word above all thy name. His word. So let me, let me just, how important is his word? All right, now listen, let me ask you this question. We pretty much agree in here that the name of cancer has to bow to the name of Jesus, right? And we, we agree on that. Well, listen, cancer itself, the word of cancer has to bow to the word of healing, to the word of Christ, to the word of a Savior who has saved me. Anything in your life has to bow to any promise in here that Jesus paid for with his life and by his blood. This word is the highest of the high. When we start to realize that, then all of a sudden we start looking at these promises differently. Now, let's go over to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, sing song voice. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes out into the wilderness. You like that? He goes out into the wilderness, Holy Spirit leads him out there. The devil comes, he starts tempting him. He says, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus then says this. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. But, the context is, he shall live. Man shall live on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall live on the word of God. So now, this word will not bow to any other thing. It's higher than everything else. This word, if you meditate on it, it will show you the path. You follow it. You do the things in it. You will make your way successful anywhere that you go. Every case. There's no place that this word will not make you successful if you will follow it. There's no place. Nothing that cannot be overcome. And now he's saying that you will live on this word. Life will be found in it. That means salvation in every area. He said in John 10, 10, he said, I come that they might have life and life in abundance. In abundance. And in the original language, it gives, the Amplified pulls that out. It says, to the full till it overflows. That's the kind of life I want you to have. And he says, that life, is in this word, and when you get in that word, it will bring you that kind of life. But now that word right there is a little deeper than just word. It means a revealed word, an alive word. In the Greek, we call it rhema. I'm just going to say, it's a reveal, it's a word that comes alive inside of you. Have you ever, the, the best way for me to explain it is like this. And when it comes alive, man, it becomes a weapon in your hands. 
the one, the word, the sword of God, which is the word, that's that same word. It's that alive, revealed word. And it is powerful. It is sharp. It is mighty. And it's an offensive weapon against the enemy. But it's a revealed word. And here's what that means. Have you ever read like a scripture or maybe you've been sitting in church and, uh, you know, preacher's talking about something. Maybe he said the same thing like 20 million times or something like that. But the 20 millionth and one, one time, all of a sudden he says it and it goes, you have your eureka moment and the light bulb comes on. And all of a sudden you see it, you get it. And it's like, yeah, I got it. Right. And, all, and you, hey, that's all of a sudden that word became revealed. That's this kind of word. All of a sudden, that thing, it, it was not just a statement anymore. It carried power. It carried strength. It became a weapon in that. It's like I can talk about healing. I can talk about different scriptures. I can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Then that one day I say it, and you get it, and you grab a hold of the promise of healing, and all of a sudden, you, you got some, you're carrying something now. You're carrying life. You're carrying an abundant overflowing eternal life inside of you and you get a hold of it and faith then rises up inside of you amen so this is the alive word his revealed word is our life his revealed word is our life now let's turn to romans chapter 10 faith is rising up inside of you right now i felt it there just a second ago Romans chapter 10, oh man, I love this chapter. Verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. The word of faith which we are preaching. Now what's near you? The Word. What's near you? The Word. The word. Right. Why, how did it get near you? The preaching. Somebody preached it, and it came near you. You heard it. It came near you, and it became alive inside of you. In your mouth and in your heart. How important is preaching? Well, preaching brings the word. The word brings life. Right? You see? How important is it? Well, I'm already born again. We're not talking about just, just born again. We're not talking about the ticket punch to heaven. We're talking about walking in life and life in abundance, which is the true evangelism of God. As you start walking in life in abundance, it gets people's attention. You start walking around with the hope of God inside of you because you have a hope for the abundance of God's life in everything that you do for all eternity from this point forward all of a sudden you carry something different there's a hope there's a your eyes sparkle they light up your life lights up and all of a sudden people go why you got why are you happy why you got that hope and they want to know what's what's the difference what's the difference Verse 9, that word that's in you because of preaching 
that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes, whoever, whoever. If you're watching this at any point, and you are a whoever, right? Just like if you are a human. If you are a hu human who is also a whoever, that should pretty much classify anybody. If you will believe... Whoever believes in him, in Jesus, will not be disappointed. Now, listen, this is not just a fairy tale I'm reading. That, that verse right there, that's the word. And if you allow that word to redirect your path, and you allow that word to come alive and become revealed to you, you will start to see that God will start to bring you right into the place where saving happens on a regular basis. Saving from a car wreck, saving from a, a bank account that needs some help, you know, saving in your body, saving in your soul, saving in eternity, everywhere saving can be if you will allow those kinds of things to come alive inside of you. So, in other words, we're hearing here about people coming to Christ for the first time, but the same principles of faith and the Word work through all of that, and they work in your healing the same way that it worked in your salvation. They work in your finances the same way that it worked through salvation. It works in your protection the same way it worked in your salvation. Really, salvation, when you received Christ, you had the protection, you had the healing, you had the provision, you had the deliverance. It was all a package deal. It's just you didn't know about it, maybe. Well, now I'm telling you about it. I'm telling you not only that, but this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith that is brought alive by the Word. So you go on in verse 13 and it says, For whoever, are you a whoever? Then whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. Verse 14, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So in other words, how, what are we wanting to do? What's this whole series about? Overcoming the world. How do you overcome the world? Even our faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word. And how does hearing the word come? By the preaching, right? And how does preaching happen? You have to be sent. How are you sent? 
Huh? Huh? <laughs> he sends you. It's a good question, isn't it? You can go different directions with it. You have to be willing to go. You need to be sent by the Lord to, to preach that word. But you also need, God puts in the whole thing, a plan and a partnership, and you have to be sent. In other words, could I just preach if we didn't pay this, pay these, this rent? It comes back to money, too. You've got, you got to have the resources to send it. In other words, Paul talks about that multiple times. You've got to send it. But my point is, even if that word is being preached, but you're not there to hear the preaching... Are you going to hear the word? No. Then are you going to have faith? No. Then are you going to overcome? No. <laughs> well, I don't have to go to church. You are correct. You do not have to. But it sure does suck. <laughs> sure does stink. Why? Because you're not getting the overcoming that God has already paid the price for you to have. <laughs> it really is that simple. <laughs> but here's the thing. We got to understand. You see this right here? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That word right there, rhema, the revealed word. See, there's an anointing that happens this context here is that you are sitting in a place where the word is being preached to you where you are physically there and there is an impartation in the spirit of the anointing of God that builds up and breaks open the word so that it comes alive to you and then that alive word becomes faith and that faith now encourages you to overcome so a lot of people can say, and that also means, see, it's, it's got to do with an impartation, okay? That's a big part of it. It also does, let's say that there's somebody standing here preaching the word, and there's somebody standing here preaching the word, and this, this guy over here, he's preaching the words, but he really doesn't believe them. Like, and I've seen people do this. I've seen preachers do this for years. They'll preach something, they're under the anointing of God, but come Monday they don't live out what, they, what they're saying on Sunday. I've seen that. Lots. You know, I've done it before, not, not knowing that. I've done it and I, I can't stand it. If I'm preaching it, I need to be living it, right? I need to be living it. I can tell you. <laughs> I, I, we, I started preaching about the things that I had revelation on long before I had the manifestation of them. But I was trusting them and living them out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and not just preaching on them on Sunday. So this preacher here can preach it but not fully believe what he's saying. This preacher over here can preach the exact same message, same words, same tones, intonations, everything, same word, but he's preaching from a platform of, I believe it and I'm living it. Is what you received the same? Why not? 
It's got to do with the context of the preaching and who's preaching to you and what are they preaching. If I get up here and I tell you you can be healed but I don't really believe that you can be healed, your faith, it's an impartation. Now you can go higher than my belief but what's being imparted to you has to do with the preacher. It has to do with that person standing there. Whether they truly believe that or not, this is the way this works. So in other words, there's an, an impartation in that service and faith is built up for people to believe. You can have the exact same message, but it's different impartation because this one believes it and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, 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 I, I believe that too. But you can hear the same message from somebody else and you won't have that same thing because it's got to do partially, not, not wholly, but partially with impartation of that faith, impartation of how that word is presented. Physically, the word sounds the same. Spiritually, it sounds totally different because one is being preached, the word of faith. Look, look here. Thank you, Lord. Verse 8. That is the word of faith, the word mixed with faith which we are preaching. The word of faith. So I can preach a word without faith. It could have just said the word which we're preaching. But this is the word that has faith on it. You see the difference there? He, the context is a word preached in faith, not just a word preached. That's what caused the word that was preached to be revealed and that's what caused hearing in our heart and that's what called faith to come out. And faith is what causes us to overcome the world. Amen. You follow me? I was not planning on getting into that, but that was good teaching right there. The Holy Spirit helped me. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that's revealed. So our overcoming has to do with the preaching that we're receiving. And our overcoming has to do with the rhema and the revealed word that's coming out. Revealed words become faith and then faith grows and overcomes the world. Let's turn to Acts 14.7. And I want to show you an instance of this. This is an example of a revealed word manifesting. Acts 14, 7 says this. And there they continued to preach the gospel. So what are they doing? They're preaching the word of faith. At Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he fixed his gaze on them, when he fixed his gaze on them, and he and had seen that he had faith to be made well. He said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he the man leaped up and began to walk. In other words, right in the middle of preaching, what happened? He preached the word of faith. That word then came inside, caused that heart to hear the good news. That word then, that word became alive to him. 
It became alive to him. When he was preaching on this, all of a sudden the word became alive. And he said, and that man, whether he knows it or not, in his spirit went, I, I got it. I see it. It's, it's mine. I get it. And all of a sudden that opened up hearing and that hearing of the good news of God by his spirit caused faith to rise. There was an obstacle though. He had never walked. He had no strength in his feet. There was something that needed to be overcome. But Paul looked at him and saw by the Spirit, this man has just received an alive word, a revealed word, and faith has risen up. And right at that moment, he goes, ah, praise God, stand up and walk. And the man jumped up and started walking. See, that's all you need. You don't have to be, oh, come on. Come on up here. Every, everybody really put on some faith now. We've got to pray. This guy ain't never walked in a life. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. And, and like maybe it will, maybe it won't. There's a difference. No, he's just standing there preaching an alive word. He's standing there preaching a live word and people were sitting there receiving in expectation and all of a sudden that word came alive inside of him. Faith rose up and he said, "Stand." it wasn't like some big you know, thing that happened. He just went, stand up and walk. And so he did. And that was it. And now he was healed and walking. He didn't chant something out for 30 minutes and then like, you know, make a big ceremony to get him up. He just said, stand up. He saw the faith that that alive revealed word caused, and he said, use it, stand up. And the guys, you, can you imagine what that guy might have been thinking? Well, I had never walked before. I don't know what it's like. I'm scared. Uh, what, what happens if I don't? You know all those thoughts had to be going through his head, but at some point you have to actually use that faith. In order for faith to be used, you have to use it. Yeah. And so he decided, I guess I'm just going to do it. And so he stood up, and he walked. And he was healed. A lot of times we'll sit there and say, yes, Lord, I believe. But we never actually do anything to put that faith in action. And so we never see it. When actually the power was there for the healing or for whatever it was. But we never use it. We've got to use it. So let the revealed word becomes faith. And faith grows and overcomes the world. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. You getting some out of this? It's good. I'm enjoying it too. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. Our faith can grow. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting because your faith is greatly enlarged and the love of each one of you towards one another grows ever greater. In other words, what it shows there is that your faith, their faith grew. It was enlarged. And in other words, we can grow that faith. Well, how would we do that? Well, we use it. And what's a, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. What kind of word is that? The alive word, that revealed word. But how does that come? By the preaching of the word of faith, of an alive word, somebody that's living it, somebody that's, that's preaching it, that word of faith. In other words, so one way that we can enlarge our faith, and what's important about that? Why is it important to grow our faith? 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. What else? What's the series about? We're overcomers. The more our faith is enlarged, the more we what? Overcome. So how would you like to get better and better and better and better at overcoming? Hallelujah. <laughs> well, how's it come? We grow our faith. So our faith grows by the word that is revealed to us. And what are the ways that that word is revealed to us and comes alive to us? Well, I've listed four ways. The, one of the main ways that the word talks to us is in that preaching. That's, you're going to get most of your seeds planted in that way. But then there's other stuff that the word talks about. In the notes, I did this. The number one way, or, or four ways that I just listed, there may be more, these are four. Four that I listed that the revealed and rhema words come by, number one is the preached word. You got, you got to sit under preaching. You got to sit under preaching by, by a preacher who believes it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That, that was high five worthy. She was like, that's right. Amen. You got to sit under somebody who believes it. You got to sit under somebody who believes it. Second way, a prophetic word. This is a word by the Holy Spirit through somebody to you. Right? This can happen in your job, in your workplace. It can happen multiple different ways. This is, a, this is a kind of simple one, but let me give this to you. When we were pregnant with Luke, right? we did not know if it was a boy or a girl yet. This was very early on. We had no idea. We had some names that we had batted around for years for boys and girls, but we didn't know what we were uh, settled on. Well, right in the middle of that conversation, Abigail goes, Hey, I know what his name can be. His name can be Lucas, or Luke. He said Luke. His name can be Luke. Well, as soon as she said that, Nicole and I both in that moment went, His name is Luke. I mean, it's almost like, you know, the Jedi, right? I mean, it's like, his name is Luke. And we're like, his name is Luke, you know? That was, it was like that. But what it was was the Holy Spirit. There was something, she, she may or may not have known it, but right in that moment when she, the Holy Spirit was speaking through her and that prophetic word was what God wanted his name called. And when he was born, well, right then we knew he was a boy. We hadn't even gone to the doctor yet. We got to the doctor, he's a boy, and we're like, yeah, that's right, he is. And uh, so then, and we... We get to the hospital, and he's born, and they're like, what's his name? We're like, it's Luke. <laughs> There's no other thing. We, why? Because God had spoken to us. that His name had become alive to us, and for whatever reasons, that's what God wanted to call him. That's what he wanted his name to be. And so there was a strength in that. There was a power. That thing had become alive. A prophetic word. You can have one. A lot of times prophetic words from a pastor don't sound like prophetic words. See, it's only religious people that goes, And the word of the Lord just came to me for you if you will receive it. And you can have... Well, that can be all true and it can be what he felt. But a lot of times somebody who's operating against the Spirit just say, I don't think you ought to do that. And that's a prophetic word. Yeah, yeah. Stand up. Good, good example. Stand up on your feet. That was a prophetic word. Right there. So a lot of times that prophetic word can come through somebody else and speak to you. 
And we did a series one time, one word can change your life. Because you get a hold of one word, one promise, it comes alive to you, it can change everything. And see, a lot of times that's what people don't realize. You might miss that one night when the devil's trying his hardest to get you not to go to church. What's he trying to keep you away from? The preached word, that one word. It's like tonight. Man, I knew this message, what it was carrying. This is the one I was trying to preach last week. But we get, the Holy Spirit wanted to go somewhere else. But I knew when this was going to carry was a power. And you can feel it. Can you feel it rising up inside of you? And I'm telling you, the devil sees that kind of stuff. He knows and he, he says, mm-mm. But see, if you, if you go to a church where the power of God and the preached word is always strong and always coming in a, in a word of faith and it's always being preached and imparted like that, he'll just try to get you not to go ever. He'll come against you. He'll try to stop you. You've got to recognize how he operates. And he'll try to get any reason whatsoever, just for goodness sakes, don't go get under that preached word of faith. Whatever you do, man, he will try to get you out of that. He will. Why? Because he knows what that word preached in faith can do. Oh, <laughs> the devil's more aware of it than we are. I really believe that. We need to get more aware of it than he is, but he knows, he knows it because he knows, see, he knows this is true. He's just trying to get you not to know it. He's trying to get you not to believe it, but he knows it's true. All right. How can revealed words come by that will build your faith? Preached words, prophetic words, Holy Spirit words. You're sitting there, you're in prayer. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Holy Spirit speaks to you. And you know, man, that was God. That was God. You need to go back to that word. For instance, I had, uh, I had a word one time. I was facing a problem in a jam. And I was just sitting out and praying. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. I'm telling you, an energy and a life came right up to me and strengthened me and took me all the way through, caused me directly to overcome. Instantly, we were overcomers, even though it hadn't manifested yet. But we were instant overcomers because of that word. Well, let me tell you something. That word also, the last part is on meditated words. You remember back in Joshua where it said that meditate on this word day and night? If you get a word from the Lord, you need to write it down. And every now and then you should go back to it, review it, go over it, speak it again into your life. Speak it again. Well, that word I was just talking about, that happened back in 2005. Well, I have constantly gone back to that word. Well, guess what? Less than a year ago, I was meditating on that word. I heard something in that word that I ain't never even heard before. It was there the whole time, but there was another piece of it that became revelation. And what the Lord just told me in that moment, I mean, it, it, it was a financial thing that it helped, helped me in. In an instant, that word will manifest in about $120,000. And it was there the whole time, something God is giving to us. And it was there the whole time, but because I meditated on it and meditated on it and meditated on it, something else, another part of it, another layer of it came alive. And God said, this is what I said. I didn't say that. I said this. 
And I went, oh, praise God. And it was this big, I mean, it was a $120,000 revelation. Oh, I'm pretty happy about that. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, amen. If God just showed you where he just gave you that money, it was more than that. That was 140, actually. Yeah, I had it wrong. Well, that's huge. But see, the meditating on the word, or let's say you take a scripture, like, you know, you know, one that you never heard before, like 2 Corinthians 2.14. And it says, but thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And I meditate on it. But thanks be unto God, who always causes me to triumph, who always leads me to triumph. And manifest through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And I meditate on it. But thanks be unto God. And I constantly, and I meditate on his promises and his word. All of a sudden, it causes the word to come alive and be revealed in you. Last thing, as it comes alive in you, your faith is built up. The word is revealed, it becomes faith, and that faith grows and overcomes the world. John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus talking. If you abide in me and my words my revealed words, my rhema words, my revelations abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Haven't you always wanted that verse to come true? It's talking about overcoming. It's talking about words become faith, and when you ask in faith, it'll be given to you. But those words come by sitting under preaching getting in the Bible, meditating on it, hearing a prophetic word, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, meditating on the scripture, and all of a sudden, his words come alive. Faith comes and overcomes the world. Amen? You are overcomers, and you can overcome the world. Just stand on your feet.